The future will be amazing. And that's all well and good. But what about today? You can feel the rush of a 400-horsepower Nissan Z. Or climb to new heights in the all-terrain Nissan Frontier. Light up the road in the all-electric Nissan Aria that feels like a sci-fi dream come true. The future will be great, but today is made for thrill. All you have to do is get in a Nissan and drive. 2023 Aria and Z not yet available for purchase. Expected availability is this spring for 2023 Z and this fall for 2023 Aria. Okay, let's see if I, I turn off the music. I stopped it. Yes. I am in business. This is Jim the Keys bartender coming to you from Key Largo. It's Tuesday, the week prior to Memorial Day. Now we'll talk to it, talk about it, talk to that point in a moment. I uh, I won't go over the routine. You know my routine. I went to the gym. I did little chores, watched some cars, had a little snack. My day off, right? It's one of those things. But we're getting ready for we're getting ready for season. Oh, season! What I'm saying, we've been through season. We're getting ready for summer, and summer it's busy on weekends, Friday through Sunday. We get a decent amount of people during the week, and then we get the mini lobster season, and singer songwriter stuff. I don't know if that that's more in the winter. But we're girding our loins, getting ready. And most places are already kind of under stress from lack of all hands on deck, not having enough staff, right? So we're going to see how that works out. It's beautiful right now. And if you do come to the Keys uh, on the weekends or one in a week, you know, we get the regular visitors come all all the time, but then we get the big heavy crowds for people that pop down for the weekend. People from uh, Miami, north of us. And uh, we're looking forward to it. You know, this is where we make our money. I don't complain about it. I don't understand how people, when they say, oh, the weekend, when especially when, I imagine back of the house, it sucks if you don't gain anything from it. For front of the house, you're just walking out with more money. I mean, there's a certain point when it gets so busy that actually you're working against yourself. You're not yielding as much money per head because it's so crowded and people are not patient or reflective upon the concept. They can't understand the concept that, oh, it's really busy at 7.30 on a Saturday night. So if I order at 7.45 on a Saturday night, it's probably going to take the longest. If I go in earlier, hence the early bird specials and all that stuff, try to drag the older people in first, the ones that can stand eating at five, try to get them and spread it out. And then you got the the later people. We get the Miami crowd that comes rolling in, uh, you know, about start at nine o'clock. They'd actually, some of them, I had them come in at 11 o'clock and they're surprised. But I'd say, you know, we're a fishing town. It's not, it's not the same. It's not the same as other places. You think, oh, we're in the Keys, are going to be open real late. But because people are usually up and at it in the morning, 
early in the morning, they usually aren't up to three, four in the morning. If they got to be up a couple hours later. Now, I was a young man, a young person, and I used to do, do that shit where I get two, three hours sleep. Uh, it doesn't feel good now. It feels like shit. Before, you didn't even consider about it. You just go and, you know, you just tough it out. And there's other things older people tough out, like doing their taxes and paying their credit card and stuff like that, that some younger people may have a harder time doing. Right? Fixing things, maintaining a relationship, raising a family. I'm just kidding. I know there's a lot of young people that raise families and things like that. Well, on a side note, we're talking, we always talk about vacationers. We don't talk about yours truly, me, being the vacationer. And today, uh, as I said, I don't know if I said already, my daughter is in Costa Rica with her eighth grade class. And they're doing one of those cloud forest tours, zip lining, going, you know, through the countryside. And most of the times they bought out, even though Costa Rica is having a rough time of it right now in their populated areas, they're non-crowded areas. They're, they're big on environmental tourism, eco-tourism. Uh, the school pretty much bought out the concessions that they're going to. So in the days they're there, they're the only ones there. It's about 30, 40 people. So they they can handle the white water rafting, the zip lining, the hot springs, and all that stuff. They can buy that out. They buy out some of the smaller resorts they go to. So they're there. But later in the summer, my wife, who you know is Polish, likes to go back to the old country. I enjoy myself too, and I'll get to that a little later. But there's a whole bunch of things we have to do, and they're unique to the times, not unique to us. COVID restrictions. Now, their Abby and her sister and my stepdaughter, she they're all considered Polish, considered because even though they may not have a passport, both Abby and her sister were born in Poland. They came over when... Her sister came over when she was in her early 20s, and Abby came in when, came over when she was 19. And Sky, being born to a Polish national, is considered a Polish citizen too. So they're going to go over for a little over a month, month and a half. And I would like to go over myself too, but there's a problem with that. The problem is there's, for people that aren't Polish citizens, and at the time, it's a little more difficult. It's kind of nuanced, the entrance into Poland. And it's part of the EU, and they're all different. How, you know, who can come, how they can come, whether you quarantine, you know, how, how they accept your passport, you know? And Americans, I'm not debating, we're not talking about politics, it's just trying to get into a country. So there's things we have to do. And one of the things we have to do is if we're renting a car, you have to get an international driver's license or driver's permit to be more exact. They actually have an international driver's license. I don't even know if that is a accurate term. I think it's an international driver's permit. Your driver's license is always your driver's license and the international permit is an addendum. So you have it with your passport, international driver's license. So whenever you have to present 
a driver's license, you have to present the driver's license and an international permit when you're overseas, when you're renting a car or when you're stopped. And the purpose of the international driver's license, I, there was this, it's to standardize the information they need to know for you to be allowed to drive. And it's funny, you go to places, you have all these rules, you don't get tested on it. You don't get tested if the driving is on the left side of the road and about right turns on red. And then when you go over to Europe and a lot lot of places around the world, manual transmissions are the the rule. Meaning that you have like 90% of the vehicles that are, they're renting. And I'm just throwing that 90, 80% uh, the vehicles they're renting are manual in Europe. And you're, you may not be that adept. I wasn't. And when you go, when I first drove in Poland, I was driving with a stick. I wasn't comfortable with a stick. And I definitely wasn't driving in Poland. So it was, it was kind of scary. But after that, after driving, I've driven in Poland three times so far, four times. I, I feel a, little, a lot more comfortable. I think I can do the... Uh, manual but the wife isn't having it she likes she likes the automatic but getting the permit why do you need a permit if you have a perfectly good driver's license there's a lot more information on a driver's license than there is on a permit actually there's more pertinent information you know the class of vehicle you're able to drive and all those things and with the barcode on the back with all the personal information that it covers. Uh, so the driver's permit, international driver's permit, has <coughs> a bunch of different languages on it to tell you what it is. And they know where you're looking. International, so you, you would open it. They're used to looking at an international driver's permit. They know where the name is, the address is, the country of origin, where they're from, how old they are. Because when you look at at every driver's license, their birth date is someplace different. Sometimes they have your birthplace on it. Sometimes they don't. You have the time when your license is going to expire, where there's any restrictions, and things like that. So they get look at that. So if I mean all ID cards should be similar. When I say where you put them, let's say in the number sections, you can where most people accept numbers internationally the one two three four five six seven eight nine ten you know in box one your name box two your address three country origin when your regular license uh was issued when it expires no page you know box number six should be your birth date any classifications any restrictions and then you do it that way you don't need to put the language on there because you're not going to really understand if you're in japan they're not putting in the Japanese lettering or Kinjay. They're not putting Abby's name there in Kinjay. They're writing it there. And then when you have someone's name, I guess a Japanese name, sometimes they do anglicize it. But really, it, it doesn't serve much of a purpose. You just need to be able to, you know, actually... There's just a little a bit of information on it to do. And with Google and stuff like that, you can translate, or any app, you can translate <coughs> almost any foreign language. I was eating peanuts, and peanuts do a number on me. So we're going to be driving up. And the only place 
to get an international driver's license. Not the only place, because you can apply for it online, but it's through uh, AAA. And they have a AAA office in Miami. And I'm off tonight. We're going to go up there. And I'm going to get mine. While Abby's getting hers, too. Because we're definitely driving. And the funny thing about it, I'm paying for it anyway to have it. And it's still not a given that I'll go there. The girls are going there for about six to seven weeks. I have two weeks off. So if there's a quarantine thing going on for me over there, it's not worth it. I could just stay home in Key Largo and fucking sit on the couch and watch Polish videos and get as much exposure to Polish culture. I can listen on Alexa. I'm not going to want to say her name too loud. Alexa. And it could pay, if I say it too loud, she'll start playing the radio station. RMFFM or Radio Z or Zet, the Polish radio stations. It'll feel like you're in Poland. Except for looking out the window and seeing the palm trees or an iguana. Right? You know, I wouldn't be that seeing that seat. But what I what I'm doing is the girls bought got their tickets and I'm getting the things I can get that aren't too high cost because I'm not gonna buy my ticket right away because I don't know if I'm gonna be able to go. I gotta play by the seated pants. And it's a funny thing for international they really want you to get that ticket four weeks before. So that would have to be sometime in late June. And I hope that things change by now. If they don't, and it's two weeks before, I'll see if I can get it without having to pay a premium for those tickets. I'm sorry I'm munching when I'm doing this stuff. But what am I to do? Right? Again, I have I have to wait. These uh, insurance uh plans that you buy for your tickets and things like that when you're you know paying paying a grand for your tickets they don't they say what they cover they cover cancellations due to covid is it because you come positive with covid or because of covid restrictions that are put on arbitrarily by arbitrarily i'm not saying it's arbitrarily because there's reason behind but by countries the requirements the restrictions and requirements they put on for that so i don't know and is it closer when they open up and we hope they open up because, as I said with down here, we're open almost 100%. So people know they can make their reservations and things like that and come down here. So people who thought they might be able to go to Keys, the only restriction for them is having lodging when they're down here. And hopefully good weather. But that, that normally doesn't stop people unless there's a hurricane coming. So with these other places, we're just waiting for this. We, we don't even know if we can get into the country. But these tourism places, yeah, they're, the EU's open to it. And there's people in the country. And yeah, these resorts can open up. And they'll do all right. But with all the restrictions, that if they lose that 10, 15, 20% of the international tourism dollar... That means a lot if they're not making it back. If they're making not because they missed out a lot. They missed out almost on on uh, during the closures, almost a hundred percent when they shut down. So if they're making back right now, they're making eighty percent what they normally make. 
that it really isn't going to cut it too much when you expect a certain amount of business in the summer. And where we go, uh, we actually travel into the high traffic areas like Krakow and Zakopane, which is in the mountains of southern Poland. And that means a lot to their tourism sector. It may not be because they have a huge, you know, Poland has a bunch of different products. It's not all tourism. It's not like Costa Rica, which even though they are inflamed with infections in their big cities and stuff like that, the rest of their tourist economy remained open with very little restrictions. And the restrictions they have right now is when the school comes back, they have to get the PCR test, I think it is, COVID test, before the 72 hours. Actually, today is Tuesday, so Wednesday or Thursday, they're going to have to get their test done for entry back into the United States. It's a tricky part because the kids don't get it until they get a clear test. They're not allowed back in. But we purchase insurance, and there's a fallback plan for kids getting back to... uh, the U.S. if they end up being positive and what teachers have to stay behind and shit like that. Yeah, it's crazy. And they said, Jim, why would you let your daughter do it? You know, if she was the only one in eighth grade class that didn't go on there because of our concerns, which is important, but we had to look at the numbers and saying how she's a healthy 14-year-old, how likely she to get, get infected even though they didn't allow for, you know, they weren't allowing for shots yet the vaccination for those kids. And we realized that, you know, so the, the way they were, the precautions they were using and how they were being separated and what they were staying as a cohort, a cohort means that everyone stays together, that was fine. But for our, our intents and purposes when you go to Poland, we have definitely have a indefinite response to how how to book those tickets or when to book those tickets. So I'm going to wait. And, I'm sh- and, and I understand my place of work. They, the Catch Restaurant in Key Largo, Mile Marker 102, Oceanside, open every day of the week for lunch and dinner. To do stop in there, tell them the Keys bartender sent. The Catch Restaurant, I got to tell them, like, whenever I book the tickets. I got to look for, I'm, I'm listening to the news. I'm finding out from locals that live there are they letting people in are you seeing people going in what are they going through what what will i have to do is it yeah i don't want to hear that they think one person made it in and they didn't have to do the quarantine and we're american no problem i want to hear it as a policy when you enter the country they're not going to make you quarantine if you're vaccinated i understand they may have concerns and stuff like that and i'm not like i said i'm not arguing with these anti-vaccine vaccine people but you know what if the most of the world accepts the vaccine and you don't then you have to deal with the repercussions you can't ask the world to remake it under your you know requirements whether those requirements be well like i i don't think you should get the vaccine so oh well we'll just let you in because of your sensitivities to the vaccine no they're going to do their own rules especially other countries you know our governor DeSantis says you can't do a vaccine passport. And uh, so cruise companies are starting to really look at whether they should use Florida as their home ports because cruise companies want to protect their employees and the people on that go on the cruises. 
and you know they want to make sure that everyone's on the cruises has been vaccinated and reduce the likelihood that there's going to be transmission of that. Cruise ships have had a bad history of having you know it's just you have tight quarters, so when if anybody's sick, they are exposed to other people. They come in contact with other people. It's just a small area. And they have, because they're a company, they have every right to be able to, you know, for public health reasons to do that. Now, I know they use public health reasons for lots of different shit that was wrong before, like segregation and stuff like that. But this is actually, this public health reason is for public health. Keeping people protected. So I'm not as concerned. I'm not upset. I'm not selfish. I'm not pissed at Poland for not being, oh, these assholes are letting me. No, this is a policy. And their policy is actually hurting them. So you know what's I always consider it what is the policy that they do. They're doing a policy to enrich themselves or not to enrich themselves. They're using, they're using their policies on COVID restrictions to protect their population, which every sovereign country has the right to do it right you don't have to you can't you can't dictate what another country demands you, if you go to certain countries say some countries say well we don't have a problem with nudity wherever you are right which isn't i don't know if there's a country like that but if let's say there was or we have a, go to a country where it says well if you're in this country you got to cover up your face and all that stuff you don't have to go to that country it sucks if it's repressive and every, you know, female has to cover their face and stuff like that. It does suck for them. But that's the requirement when you go to that country. And I would, if you don't like it, I wouldn't go to it. I wouldn't go to a country that, if for vacation to a place where the women are forced to have to cover themselves. Totally. I'm not saying it. they're forced to be sexualized and all that stuff. But that's a whole different Another kettle of fish. So this neatly fits into the nice topic, the next topic I want to talk talk about, and that's is, and it works for restaurants and bars and things like that. When you're hit with these kind of restrictions or, or problems, you see that are outside of your control, right? Whether you go to a restaurant when it's really busy and you go and you see, well, I'm sorry, we can't seat you. Now, you got to be careful, you know, because once again, I, there has been people have used policy to hide other things like racial profiling and stuff like that. But I'm going point blank about certain things. And this is a restaurant specific one I'm talking about. When you walk into a restaurant and you see empty tables, and the restaurant says, I'm sorry, we're not seating anybody right now. It's going to be 20 minutes. And you think, there's a table right there. We just want to sit down over there. No, you don't. You want to sit down and order over there. This is a distinct difference. And you want to be served. Right? You just don't want to sit there. Because you're sitting right near the host stand or sitting in your car outside or whatever. You don't understand that the reason they're not seating those tables is because they have a certain amount of staff on hand. 
And they can actually service people this certain amount of tables right now. They say, well, we we can have each server handle up to five, on average, five tables if each table, each table has three people. And that's the kind of service level we want to provide. Because if you see everyone in a restaurant at the same time, and every server, let's say they went from five tables to ten tables, and they ended up having... 30 people they're serving, none of those people are going to get adequate service. Everyone's going to be dissatisfied. Their drinks won't be served. If they have a problem with their food, it'd be less access to the server to be able to redress those disparities or problems that they have. And the kitchen gets overwhelmed too, sometimes. Sometimes if you don't have the staffing, you 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 have to restrict it from the amount of people you have there. And that's the way you do it. If you do anything by appointments, that's an appointment. A reservation is an appointment. So don't take it personally. And that's where the a-hole versus assholes. In circuit boards, when I used to uh, work at my father's company where they fabricated circuit boards, they used to have different hole sizes for circuit boards, for the circuits, where they would put in the components the holes were rigged, depending on what, what kind of component went in it, into it. They had a different size. And they'll have a drill legend, meaning they'll have like a, uh, they use letters, A through whatever amount of different hole sizes, A through G, let's say. And they have that many different hole sizes. And the first hole size is the A hole. Right? So that's the metaphor I'm using right there. Now, are you being the asshole? Or is the other person being the asshole? If you go out one day, and I heard this recently, if everyone, if, if you run into one person and you say, boy, that person's an asshole, and everyone else is wonderful, right? And it's not because they're dealing with you and you're not, you got to think about it. You're not, if you're a dictator, everyone else is an asshole. Right? Or everyone's great because everyone's got to take care of you, kill them. But what, either way, the all are or all aren't. Right? But for everyone else, if you go through the day and you run into one asshole, chances are it's probably that was an asshole. There was a good chance. The possibility in this situation you could have been an asshole. But in other, if you, if you have a problem with everyone you, reel into, uh, you run into, there's a really good chance that you're the asshole. I've done that. I've been there before. And sometimes being an asshole is a temporary symptom of a bigger problem. You may have problems and you may just be angry and you just may be striking out against everyone. And that other person could be too when it's the one asshole. Or if everyone's an asshole all the time or there's a lot of assholes out there, chances are you might be an asshole. Because the other people, see, for assholes that don't understand, they said, well, I realize I go to this place and people take care of me. Well, they barely, most places probably, if you're the asshole, most places probably barely tolerate you. And they don't, you know, some times, they, I've seen it. I've seen it in regular places. They're just difficult people. And then finally... They just get a little more difficult, a little more difficult, and then all of a sudden they lose it. 
And I have some people like that, and they talk about how people aren't nice to them and stuff like that. And I have been not as friendly as I should be sometimes. And some times I don't have the warm and fuzzies for certain regulars that come in there. Because a lot of times they might be selfish. I have a problem with people that would try to torpedo your career, <clears throat> your job. That would go behind your back and say something and hurt your position. Instead of telling you directly. And there's people that tell you directly and just say, you know, the people that would be the most vocal are a lot of times it could be assholes. And But if it's more than one person, then it's you. Then it's you. And I understand. I was, I was trying to explain to people and they said, why do you fuck with people so often? And I don't fuck with them. I just, I'm sarcastic. And when things are slow, I'm sure for a lot of you with active minds and things like that, you need entertainment. And you better be entertained because that conversation shit, well, it's a nice day. It's kind of windy outside and the fishing isn't very good and it's hot. It's hot outside. Yeah, no fuck. We're we're three miles from the sun. Yeah, it's hot. Yeah, there's a lot of lizards around and shit like that. Oh, the mosquitoes. Is it buggy outside? Well, you're in the subtropics. Is it buggy outside? You know, it's your first night. We're going to sit outside. Oh, it's getting dark. And so you see these people, they want to sit and sit outside and all of a sudden, but we don't want bugs. What the fuck? What do you think you are? Where do you think bugs live? Most of them live outside. And I'm not talking about stupid questions. Being an asshole for asking a stupid question, that's not right. You can't accuse someone for saying, there's no stupid questions, there's a question. And that may be the way the person asks. They may ask every question. Do you have a bathroom? Can we sit outside? I see tables out there. No one's sitting there. Can we sit outside? Yes, you can sit outside. Or people that come in. Uh, I've you know, We've had all sorts of things. The lights are turned out. We turn the, the front lights off. We're shutting the shades. We're about to lock the door. People come in. They see glasses on the bar and stuff like that. Oh, are you about to close? Can you serve us? I'm like, hey, you know what? You, we can, and you'll be served fine. You come in, you're being served, you're going to be served fine. But I would be careful going to too many places, right? I can't guarantee everyone's behavior at every establishment. People start getting, you may run into that, and it's not a rare breed because there's a lot of assholes out there. There are. We found that out. After the last four years said anything about uh, this last administration and and their supporters, we found out there's an inordinate amount of assholes in the United States. An inordinate. We allowed that. One of those countries, one of the greatest things about our melting pot was there was no... We weren't. We were heterogeneous, not homogenous. I mean, not one group of people. And some one group of people may think they're on top and shit like that. So that's great if they think so, but that's not the tra- truth. But we forgot that we never factor in the amount of assholes in the United States. 
So there's some really great people, really great people. I think there's a lot of thing of being dynamic and, you know, inventive country. Dynamic, inventive, and I, I don't know, just in the forefront of ideas and things like that. It, 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 you know, free spirit capitalism and all that. There, there are artistic ways of pop culture, a way we forced it uh, uh, force it on popular. We didn't force it on. They took it. Right? We don't force. If you either like the music, you don't like the music. You like Elvis, you don't like Elvis. You like, what's her name? The, the, the country singer. I'm drawing a blank. Again, Taylor Swift. We well, don't like Taylor Swift. Billie Eilish, whatever we want to say. Or Little Nas. Or Bruno Mars or The Weeknd or whatever, something like that. We don't force that on people. That's just our product. People take it or they leave it. And a lot of times around the world, they take it. Uh, but being popular and part of it, is it a possibility that this thing where, what do they call it, American exceptionalism, this idea that we're great at everything when it comes to Olympics, like we're the entertainment capital of the world, Right? The celebrities and stuff like that, even though India puts out more movies, right? Especially in English, I think. But in everything, we have to be great at everything. And but there may be a correlation in saying, well, in order to be think you're an exceptional at everything, and you exceed other countries, there's got to be a bit of an asshole thing. We can go and say, hey, we're great at some things. We're not so good at others. And people say, well, you're a naysayer. I think America's great. And I think one of the reasons America's great is the amount of assholes we had in it. There takes a lot of audacity. Audacity goes in with assholes. To be able to walk in, you see people walk into the groups, uh, into restaurants, bars, parties, and they announce themselves. And they, you know, there the asshole has arrived. And I know plenty of them when they're drink, especially when they're drinking, they do act up. Oh, they are incredible assholes. And they don't even realize it. But when they're sober, they're total sweethearts. So I guess that's you're, it's almost impossible to ask an asshole because there's certain narcissistic things that go on with an asshole. Like the the possibility of being wrong or having the wrong impression. An asshole doesn't actually ever believe that. I mean there's could be there's assholes out there that value their ignorance. They value their ignorance, meaning they hold it up and say, I don't know about that. What the fuck do you know about it? That's more than you. you know. I mean, the people that cite your sources, I get my news from so-and-so, and they say this. Okay. You know, don't get multiple sources for the thing. And don't get multiple sources from your small world and stuff like that. But, and, and it's, very, it's very rare that an asshole will call themselves out. It's a rare time when a person say, well, I realize I'm an asshole. 
A true asshole doesn't do that. I mean, unless they prize being an asshole above everything else. That's your most redeeming quality, which is, wow, what a wonderful end of life you're going to have. And you'll always see those things where people have... uh, There was a movie I mentioned six months ago. It was made in the early 2000s, if I'm not correct. It's called Drowning Mona. And it takes place, it's a fictional movie, it takes place in a small town in north, uh, northern New York. And Bette Midler plays Mona. And Danny DeVito's the town sheriff. And there's a bunch of other people. You remember Jamie Lee Curtis is in it. And uh, Casey Affleck. And the chick from Party of Five. The one that was in the Coven or the... Whatever, the witch's young teenage witch movie. Not Sabrina movie, but the the, uh, craft. So they're all in this stuff. And Bette Midler is the best asshole. If you need to say, she is incredible. And I always think, and this I have two minds. When an actor either plays himself... Or really appreciates what an asshole is. Meaning you're such a nice person. Does it say, I'll just go, this is what an asshole's like. And she did it so well. It made me believe that Bette Midler is not an asshole. She could be, she could make, anybody that could make fun of themselves. And she did a bit on Seinfeld and stuff like that. Where she was uh, in the musical Rochelle Rochelle. A young girl's erotic journey from Milan to Minsk. Speaking of Minsk, talk about assholes. How about that guy from Belarus, which Minsk is the capital, the dictator of Belarus, forcing down an airliner, a Ryanair. It's the low cost. It's kind of like the uh, JetBlue or Southwest Airline of Europe. Forcing an airliner with a MiG, using a MiG-29 to force an airliner to land Right before it was going to enter Latvian airspace, if, if I'm not correct, it forced the airliner to turn around and go back to the capital, Minsk. And under the auspices of a bomb scare initially, but all these law enforcement people from Belarus, they're a close ally of Russia, they ended up having. Five less people, they detained the plane in Minsk and let it continue on eventually, but they detained five people off the plane, one being an op- opposition journalist. What they did was violate international treaties for uh, free commercial travel over land. Like, there's a couple countries where they can't do it. One of them is uh, North Korea, where, you, you know, yeah, I would have... I would avoid flying over North Korea. But now, it looks like Belarus is going to be one of them. And who knows? If Russia keeps fucking around, maybe Russia will be one of them. I mean, the guy doesn't do anything from there, but Putin's an asshole, and something Shenko is the guy's name. Kryashenko, Shakara Shenko, the president of... Belarus. Well, you're going you're gonna to get our... Maybe I'll change the picture on the show. You're going to get the asshole of the, of the month. 
thing here. But Putin's definitely the asshole of the year. I think he's joining it with the former president. And uh, in this case, they think they might have the, done the right thing for them. They said, well, we have a journalist on a plane. They found out he was on there. And it didn't. I don't think it originated in Belarus. It originated in Ukraine. But they decided, you said, oh, we can get a hold of him. We can reach out and touch this guy if we want to. And I'm sure of it, the Russians have shot down planes if they wanted to get up to you. I believe that the Russians had something to do with the downing of the Polish uh, president's uh, plane back, you know, almost 20 years ago. Uh, the, the Russian um, president uh, was visiting with his military staff was in, in Russia. Uh, the Polish president was in Russia having a meeting. And when they were leaving, their plane crashed. And they did not allow uh, international crash investigators into Russia to examine it. And it was a contaminated site, meaning they had a bunch of people trouncing over it. Um, so I believe Russia had a lot to do with that. And they do fucking poisonings and all that stuff. He is a tremendous asshole. Putin's a tremendous asshole. He pretends to be a nice guy and stuff like that, but it's just... and. You know, if you support him, if you think he's doing the right thing, then maybe you're the asshole too. I hate to say that. No, I don't hate to say it. If you do support a dictator and stuff like that, you're kind of an asshole. You're an asshole because of the shit they do and the harm they do and the pain and suffering he inflicts on his people and other people. So, yeah, you're a bit of an asshole. Don't equate, don't equate having to wear a mask as being uh, treated like the genocide, a face mask. That's just a random thought there. I'd like to thank everyone for listening. I did do my promo for that, uh, about the Catch restaurant. So if you do come in and catch, uh, please tell them that the Keys bartender sent you. Also, if you do like the show, uh, like us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Share the show with your friends. Become a subscriber to the show. It doesn't cost you anything. Just put it on so you get all the new episodes. Uh, I'll be having, I think next week, we'll be having Papa Joe back on. We're going to try to transition. It's hard to do the shows out. I have to do more preparation when I go out. Uh, Since it is not a paying gig, I do this on a shoestring. And I do appreciate you listening to it. But uh, if you have any questions, please send them to Jim at KeysBartender.com. That's Jim at KeysBartender.com. Thanks again for listening, and I'm going to be signing out. Have a great week, and I'll be back. I'll probably be back tomorrow or maybe later today. Who knows? Bye.